everyone. I can't believe it's finally here. I've been waiting for this movie for so long. This is my spoiler review of Eternals. I'm going to go deep into the movie. This is a really deep movie, way deeper in terms of themes, in terms of ideas than a lot of Marvel movies. So I'm going to dive pretty deep into it. This was my most anticipated movie of the year. And um, I really could not wait for it. I thought the trailers looked great. I'm a big Chloe Zhao fan. I went into this movie already really familiar with Chloe Zhao. I was familiar with her aesthetic, with her style, because she does have a very specific style. Um, so I knew what to expect. Um, and I already knew I was a fan of Chloe Zhao's style because Nomadland, I thought, was a masterpiece. And maybe that gave the movie some sort of advantage with me because I went in with realistic expectations. It blew my expectations out of the water. Honestly, I loved this movie. There's a lot of bad reviews out there, a lot of mixed reviews. And I want to talk about that for a little bit. But I loved, loved, loved this movie. Like this might be my favorite Marvel movie, period. I really loved it that much. I don't want to say it's a masterpiece. I don't like saying it's a masterpiece before I've had much more time to process it. But I think it's a really, really good movie. And I just flat out disagree with a lot of the criticisms against the movie. Some of them I respect, some of them I agree with, but most of them, like, I just think are plain wrong. This was a full-blown hardcore, it was hardcore sci-fi um, that was also very character-focused, very intimate. I think a lot of people were expecting the normal Marvel movie, and that's not what this is at all. This is not even really a superhero movie. I mean, it is, but this is like a pure sci-fi movie with some superhero powers with some of the characters having superhero powers because in terms of the themes the ideas the plot this was just sci-fi this wasn't even like marvel superhero this deserves this belongs in the sci-fi genre this is one of the best sci-fi movies i've seen in a long time and we're in a period right now where we're getting a lot of good sci-fi with this with uh, dune with a lot of other stuff too so i thought this was fantastic i really loved it i'm comfortable saying it's my favorite mcu project ever I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I love this movie. This is my favorite movie of the year. I'm not saying this is better than Dune because I don't think it's better than Dune, but I think I liked it a lot more than Dune, um, which is crazy because I love Dune. So talking a little more objectively about the quality of the movie, I don't know what the critics were talking about. Like, I thought it was absolutely amazing. It was fantastic. So I wanted to talk about why I think it has such bad reviews or why it has such mixed reviews. Because the fact that I loved it and the fact that, in my opinion, it's such a really, really, really good movie brings up the question, why has this movie been so divisive and why does it have such mixed reviews? So I wanted to talk about that. And I see three main factors about why this movie has had such bad reviews, both with critics and general audiences. And first of all is the genre of the movie itself. This movie is hardcore sci-fi. This is deep sci-fi. This isn't Star Wars sci-fi, which is a very surface level space adventure. This isn't Guardians of the Galaxy sci-fi. This is deep sci-fi and the themes and the ideas and the things this movie explores. And this is deeper sci-fi than anything else in the MCU besides maybe Loki. And I feel like the deep themes, the weird concepts, and just the premise, a lot of people are going to find very off-putting because it's just a general fact that the more sci-fi something gets, the deeper sci-fi gets, the more weird sci-fi it gets, the more it alienates people, both critics and general audiences, because not a lot of people love real hardcore sci-fi because it's just too weird for them. So I think it alienated a lot of viewers, a lot of critics. And I think just the fact that this is real deep hardcore sci-fi, I think that really um, caused a lot of people to not like the movie. 
if the reason why you or somebody else or anybody didn't like this movie is because of the deep sci-fi is because of how weird it was, how deep sci-fi it was. I completely understand that. And I think that is what happened with a lot of people. And that's something I understand if sci-fi is not for you and this movie didn't work for you because of that. I get it. That's something I can completely and wholeheartedly understand. The next factor why I think a lot of people didn't like it is expectations. Um, This is the biggest factor, I think, because even though all Marvel projects are unique and different, they all have the same essential Marvel DNA. They all feel similar in tone. They all feel kind of related. And this movie is just a completely different genre. It's a completely different tone. The nature of the story is completely different. And when people see the Marvel name, the Marvel name comes with a certain expectation. People go into this movie not educated, not knowing that it is a hardcore sci-fi movie. So they come into this movie expecting the normal Marvel movie, expecting big blockbuster popcorn action. And this movie was not that. Yes, it had awesome action. It had some cool, cool action that a lot of people I'm sure will like. But this movie was also deep and thoughtful. And it's way out of the usual Marvel realm that people are going to be turned off by it. The weirdness is going to put a lot of people off. And I think this is going to harm the the uh, general audience the most because the general audience doesn't know what this movie is. They see, oh, it's a new Marvel movie. Let's go see it. And they're expecting Shang-Chi. They're expecting something like that. They go in and they're like, what in the world is this? What is this? What are these celestials? This is ridiculous. This makes no sense. And I can totally see that happening. And I can totally understand general audience who goes into this movie and just is completely surprised by what this movie is and hates it because of that. I can understand that. And I can see that happening. And I think that will be happening with critics as well. Um, So I think that's a really big factor. I do really genuinely think if this was marketed, not with the Marvel name, if this was marketed as a pure sci-fi movie, it would have amazing reviews. It's the expectation of a Marvel movie. I think that really, really hurts people's perception of the movie. Even though the movie is a really good movie, and even though the movie is not bad, when it doesn't meet those expectations or those prerequisites people think of when they think of Marvel, people are going to mistake it for a bad movie or think it's a bad movie just because it doesn't meet those expectations that this movie was never intended to deliver on. It's not like this movie is not delivering on what it was intended to. This movie is not delivering on people's preconceived notion of what the movie should be. And that's part of the reason why I think it's getting such mixed reviews. And it's a bummer, but there's really nothing you can do. The very genre that this movie exists in is going to alienate a lot of people. And the very studio this movie's made by is going to come with a lot of expectations and it's going to alienate a lot of people. So I'm honestly kind of surprised, but also not surprised that it has such bad reviews. And then the third factor, the most obvious one, there are going to be people who just watched this movie and didn't like it and didn't think it was good. If people didn't like it, they didn't like it. and It's going to get bad reviews. I can't relate. And I don't understand the people who don't like it besides people who don't like sci-fi, not liking it. I'm talking about people who, who didn't like it regardless of whether or not it was sci-fi. The sci-fi-ness didn't factor into the reason why they didn't like it. So I just don't, I don't understand. Usually I can understand a lot of the criticisms of a movie, even if I don't agree. But for Eternals, it's been pretty confusing because I don't know how anybody who doesn't actively hate sci-fi can dislike this movie or think it's bad because I thought it was fantastic. But that's the beauty of film. That's the beauty of art. Um, It hits everyone differently. It's extremely subjective and That's the beauty of it. So that's why those are the three factors. I think Um, expectations of a Marvel movie. I think the hardcore sci-fi element. And then I think just some people who didn't like it are the three reasons why this movie has such mixed reviews. Um, And that's why I'm worried about this movie's performance because it had a strong opening day. 
but I think general audiences are not going to like it. I think general audiences are not going to give it the same word of mouth that some other Marvel movies have had. So I'm worried that it's going to have a big second week drop. And I think this movie's not going to be as successful as everyone hopes, but um, it's a bummer, but I, I hope I'm wrong. And I hope this movie does well, but I'm really worried about it. There's also another factor is that there's a lot of review bombing going on, but that's not even worth mentioning. It's completely ridiculous and not worth devoting any time to. So I don't even want to talk about that. That kind of stuff's ridiculous. So moving on. Next up, getting into the review itself. One thing I love about this movie and one thing Marvel has been doing better and better is allowing their directors to keep their styles. Something like when Guy Ritchie did Aladdin for Disney, Guy Ritchie's usual style is nowhere to be found in that movie. It's completely overwritten. It's just non-existent. But this movie is a Chloe Zhao movie through and through. Her style, everything about it is a Chloe Zhao movie set within the Marvel Universe. And I thought that was fantastic. And I love how Marvel is allowing their creators this freedom. And I think it's awesome. And I want to see more of this. I want to see more risks like this because I thought it totally paid off. Starting with the cinematography, it had Chloe Zhao's usual style. I think this is probably the most visually stunning MCU movie. Um, it was very naturalistic. A lot of beautiful shots of nature, of locations, a lot of real locations. You could tell they were not green screen, but they were in real places. The framing, the lighting was beautiful. A lot of shots were really memorable. Um, Chloe Zhao is just a master of finding beauty in the most ordinary things, in the mundane. And she did a lot of that in this movie. A lot of shots of just leaves, of just villages, things that wouldn't be considered beautiful. But the way she lingers on them, along with the music, it's just really stunning to see. So I think visually, um, this was a stunning, stunning movie. Talking about the visual effects now, the CGI, I thought for the most part, it was really good. Because there is, this is a Marvel movie, as much as this was done practically, there is a lot of CGI, there is a lot of visual effects. I think for the most part, it was all really good. It looked awesome. There was some green screen. This movie definitely had a lot less green screen than most Marvel movies, but it did also have a lot of green screen and a lot of obvious green screen. I thought some of the deviants in some shots looked a little wonky, but none of it was bad enough to take me out of the movie. None of it was bad enough to be a genuine criticism of the movie. And I thought for the most part, um, for every visual effects shot that I was like, yeah, that's not great. There was 99 more that looked fantastic. So I thought the visual effects and the CGI were all done pretty well and looked pretty good. Next, I wanted to talk about the fight scenes, the choreography, because I thought they were excellent. I thought the action scenes were amazing and some of my favorite of the entire MCU, mainly because of all the different superpowers, the way they were used in battle, seeing the team fight each other, seeing them working together, from the opening fight scene, seeing them first land on Earth, fight the Deviants, you've got all these different characters doing all these different things, seeing the team all fight together, and then you get like all sorts of flashbacks of the team working together. You've got in present day the Deviant ambushing Cersei. You get Thena attacking Eternals when she gets in her like little mode where she gets those visions. Um, you get that whole jungle set piece, the final third act battle, a lot more fights sprinkled throughout. I thought this movie's action was some of the best in the MCU. And some of the most rewatchable in the MCU because of the diversity of the powers and how unique they were, how interesting they were. And I think, if anything, that's what's going to please most general audiences is how cool the fight scenes were. And um, it's pretty awesome to see because when you think about 2021 MCU, we've gotten a lot of cool fight scenes, but we haven't gotten anything like this because WandaVision wasn't really about the fight scenes and the fight scenes were just blasting energy, some magic stuff. Falcon and Winter Soldier was all grounded hand-to-hand -hand combat with some wings. Black Widow was hand-to-hand -hand combat. Shang-Chi was hand-to-hand -hand combat. 
Um, Loki had a little bit of magic, but not much. So this is the first project we're getting this year that really has a lot of powers and magic and all sorts of different powers instead of just blasting energy. And I think it was really cool. I think the use of powers as a fan was just really awesome to see from like Gilgamesh's punching power. Every time he punched a deviant, you felt the power behind that punch. I thought it was really cool. I thought Thena's powers, I thought Thena's fight scenes, all of them were awesome. The way she could summon all sorts of different weapons and axes and swords and spears. Makari's speed, the way that was shot, um, the way that it was shot in normal speed. So then you just saw her zipping around the planet, clearly faster than Quicksilver, faster than any other speedster we've seen. I think it was probably the best shot speedster ever put to film. I thought she looked fantastic. And then the use of Druig's mind control, Cersei's manipulation, when she turned the Deviant into a tree, went to all sorts of different times where she turned things into other things. I thought it was used really well. She turned the bus into like rose petals. All the moments where she used that like manipulation, that transmutation, I thought were really cool. I thought the use of Sprite's illusions were really cool. The invisibility and then when she projected Ajax and then all the different moments when she used that was all really unique and cool. I thought there was some cool twists in there. Um, Icarus had the most kind of boring powers out of all of them. He just kind of had Superman's powers. But uh, I thought it worked well. It looked really cool. He had some cool fight scenes. Ajax healing, we didn't get to see much of it, but I liked what we got. Fasto's tech was awesome, especially when my favorite use of his powers was when he like sent out these things and then pinned uh, Icarus to the ground and was like holding Icarus in place. Kingo's lasers were cool. I thought all the powers were really cool and I thought there was memorable uses of all the powers, especially I want to go back and see Cersei's manipulation, her transmutation again, because there were lots of cool moments where she turned things into other things to use them in battle. And uh, I thought that was really well done. Like I remember she turned a section of a tree into water so it would start falling and then she turned the tree into metal. So it fell on a deviant and killed him. And I thought stuff like that is really creative and really cool. And, um, and I want to see more of that in the MCU, more diversity of powers instead of just fighting and then lasers, because that's kind of the main thing we've gotten so far. And then the design of the powers was awesome. Just the look of them, the gold energy was really visually pleasing, completely unique. And it was very nice to see something different than usual and something completely unique in the whole superhero genre. Um, so that's the action, that's the powers, that's the cinematography, the choreography, all that was great. The tone of this movie, I loved the thoughtful, serious, melancholy tone. This is the first Marvel movie that really makes you think about what's going on and makes you think deeper. And it's kind of a nice change of pace um, because I love, you know, I love the normal Marvel movies, but I love how this movie was a lot more melancholy. It made you think more. It was a lot more serious. There was humor, but not nearly as much as usual. There wasn't quips every 30 seconds. I love the tone of this. That's Chloe Zhao's influence again. She's fantastic. I thought she's just a fantastic director and I loved how she handled this movie. The score was great. I love the Eternals theme. I thought it worked really well in the movie. It's like this electronic synth or something. I don't know how to describe it, but I thought it sounded great. The humor, uh, I thought the humor was pretty great. I was worried from the trailers that it would be forced, that it would be Chloe Zhao trying to add humor to her usual serious tone and that it wouldn't work. But I thought it landed pretty well. I don't think it had the same ratio of jokes that landed out of the jokes that were spoken or the jokes that were said that Shang-Chi or Black Widow did. But I thought it had some great lines. I thought Fastos was pretty funny. Kingo was pretty funny. And then Karun, which was uh, Kingo's like valet, he was hilarious. And he was probably the funniest part of the movie. And I thought he was a welcome addition and provided a lot of much needed comic relief. And I thought he was fantastic. I wasn't sure what to expect and thought it was 
pretty hilarious. Everything he said, the pacing, I thought the pacing was amazing. Like I saw some people complaining, saying that the first act was slow or it dragged. I was completely locked in the entire time. I didn't feel a second of the runtime. I thought the pacing was perfect. Like even with Dune, I thought the pacing was really great, but I could kind of feel when it was getting long and I could feel like it's coming to the end and then no time to die. Like I felt the pacing was off for me, but this movie, like I just wanted to sit there for another hour and just watch more. Like I was completely locked in. I did not feel the runtime. It moved by so quickly and uh, I thought it was really well done. And I just think Chloe Zhao is a master at editing and pacing. I think she edits her own movies herself, or I heard something somewhere. And uh, like Nomadland, her other movie, I thought was edited so well and paced so well. And I thought this was too. I was just really, really impressed with that. Um, And I thought it had the right blend of action and just talking. I didn't find myself bored. I didn't find myself just waiting for the next action scene. Um, I was completely engaged the entire time. And I thought it was so well done. And I really, really loved it. So now getting into more of the story, more of the writing, getting deeper into the movie. The first thing I want to talk about with the writing um, is the big ask of the movie, because I feel like every movie has one big ask, one big thing that you just have to buy into. And if you can't buy into it, then you can't buy into the entire movie. And the big ask of this movie is that you have to buy into the fact that the Celestial created these Eternals and that they were created to fight the Deviants. And you have to buy that okay, the Celestial created them. You can't really ask questions about, you can't think about like, why would he create, if he can create them, why doesn't he create a million of them? Why doesn't he create a bunch of Icaruses? What's the point of having one that just does illusions? Like, why doesn't he just make a million Icaruses, make them as powerful as he wants? Why doesn't he make one that can just instantly kill all deviants? There's a lot of things, logic things there where that's the big ask of the movie. You just have to buy into it, accept it and buy into it for the sake of the story. And uh, that didn't bother me. Uh, I heard some criticisms of some people who did have trouble buying into that, but uh, I bought into it. I didn't have any issues with it and I thought it worked. And then the writing all around was, I thought, really strong, especially with the characters and then the sci-fi elements. I thought it was really well done. Uh, The story and the plot was unique. It was creative. It was completely original. It was engaging. I had no clue what was going to happen. I love the use of flashbacks in the plot. I don't think they were used like in Shang-Chi. I thought flashbacks, each flashback was done so well in an informed character. This movie, I don't think flashbacks were used as well and they didn't inform character, but I thought they were used effectively in revealing more about the team, revealing more about their past as we're assembling them back together in the present. So I thought that was pretty great. Um, The twists of this movie shocked me. They completely shocked me. I thought Ajax's death, was shocking. Icarus as the villain was shocking. The Celestial revealing the Eternal's purpose and that the reason they were created was to help the population of humans grow um, so that more Celestials can be born. Uh, That was shocking. All of it was shocking. And I just, I was completely caught off guard. I had no clue what was going to happen. This did not adhere to the normal Marvel formula at all, which I loved. It was completely different. Characters were dying. Like I was not expecting that. I thought it was great. It was really, really cool to see. And, um, and I loved it. Another thing I loved about this movie was seeing history, visiting different locations, seeing Mesopotamia, the Aztec empire, the Gupta empire, Babylon. I love history in my movies. And I think that was really awesome to see. There is one thing though. So there's the Hiroshima scene where Fastos is at Hiroshima. Um, 
I like what that scene meant for the character of Fastos, but something about it felt a little bit weird being at the actual Hiroshima bombing site, almost like they were just using Hiroshima to push forward the character of Fastos instead of actually paying respect to what happened there. It, it did feel a little bit insensitive. It just something about it felt a little weird to me, a little off. I think there could have been a more effective way to do that same scene or to do something like that, that had the same impact. Um, but I do like what that scene means for Pastos as a character and what it represents. I think that's really, really well done. The world building, I loved. I love learning about what the Celestials are, what do they do, how they created the MCU, how they created the universes. I love how they created the Deviants to kill predators who are killing humans, but I love how the Deviants evolved. I love how then they created the Eternals and the Eternals helped birth more Celestials. All that backstory, all that exposition, I thought was really interesting. It's new. I really liked it. I love the world building. I love learning about all this stuff. And I love how the Marvel Universe is expanding. I loved all of it. Um, the exposition, I thought for the most part, it was really well done. There was a few kind of info dumps in the beginning. And then when the uh, when Arishem explains to Cersei what the Eternal's purpose is, but I thought those were necessary. I thought they were well done. There was some lines that was clunky. There were some weird clunky exposition lines. Like there was a line before uh, Icarus pushes Ajax off the cliff and kills her, where Icarus says the Deviants has been, have been frozen in ice and just finally escaped or whatever. Um, or something like that. And I do feel like that line was a little bit clunky, things like that. Some clearly explaining for the audience, but um, but that's kind of necessary in a movie like this. And I thought for the most part, it was done pretty well. Um, getting into the sci-fi-ness of this story, that was my second favorite part about this movie was the sci-fi-ness, was the questions and the themes and the ideas this movie explored. This really was a sci-fi movie. First of all, the premise of it the Celestials creating Eternals, wiping their memories, the purpose of the Eternals, all of that is just a very sci-fi concept, a very sci-fi idea. That's something that is not something you're going to find in a normal Marvel movie. This is like a hardcore sci-fi idea. And then the way this movie explored how humanity affected the Eternals, just as the Eternals affected humanity. And then the way this movie also explored, does humanity deserve to be saved for all the bad things they do? And then the conflict of the Eternals, what should they do? Should they save humanity? Should they save this planet? But if they do, they're killing a celestial who could create millions of other planets, just like this one. So there's not an answer. It's black and white. It's very nuanced. And this movie doesn't try to give the answer. It doesn't say what they're doing is right. It's just saying what they're doing is what they're doing. And um, I thought it was really well done. All the characters, all the difference of opinions, the different viewpoints, how some characters are loyal to Arishem and some are not. And then the, the themes the movie explored with Fastos of should humanity be allowed to exist? Did they even deserve to live? The way the themes of technology and the dangers of progress, of how progress causes all this death, tech, new technology causes all this death, but then it causes more progress. And the way Fastos loses faith in humanity and then regains that faith. All of the questions, the themes, the ideas in this movie are so much deeper than any other Marvel movie. And it's really, it really is hardcore sci-fi. I've said that over and over, but this is a sci-fi movie. And when you look at it like that, it's a really good one. And um, that was probably my favorite, second favorite part of this movie actually, was everything it explored. It does what good sci-fi does, which is it doesn't give you the answers. It doesn't try to give you the answers. That's not the point because there is no right answer. What good sci-fi does is raise a lot of questions and get you thinking. 
And that's exactly what this movie does. And this is a movie that has gotten me thinking. It's a movie that's stuck with me that I can't stop thinking about and I can't wait to rewatch. I think it's a movie I'm going to be thinking about for a long time. It's a movie I'm going to want to rewatch a lot. Um, I loved it so much. And I thought the sci-fi elements of this movie were fantastic. And it's one of the best sci-fi movies I've seen in a really long time. And it's a Marvel movie. It's pretty awesome. Getting into the acting and then the characters. So if this sci-fi was something I loved, that was probably my second favorite part of the movie. My favorite part of the movie was the characters. Um, The acting, Gemma Chan as Cersei was fantastic. I think she does a lot of really good internal acting. She really portrayed the struggle of Cersei, the struggle, the betrayal when Icarus betrays her, and then the struggle of, am I, is what I'm doing right? Why was I chosen to be the leader? And then her discovery that she was chosen to be the leader because she's the most human out of all of them. She's the one that's connected to humanity the most. All of that was fantastic. She did a really good job. I think she's a really good actress. And, um, and I thought she totally carried this movie in a great way. Angelina Jolie was fantastic. I was worried that kind of like in her movie, I can't remember what it was called. I think Those Who Wish Me Dead. That movie, the Angelina Jolie-ness overpowered the character and she just couldn't fully slip into the character. You couldn't see the character. You could only see Angelina Jolie in that movie. This character was almost perfect for her. And I do feel like she's, she became the character and she really portrayed that character and that character struggles really well. And that was a really good complex character because it was a very strong character, but also a very flawed character. And uh, her relationship with Don Lee, who played, um, played Gilgamesh was really fantastic. Kit Harrington, who played Dane Whitman, who was Cersei's human boyfriend was fantastic. He was really charming. I think he has a lot of charisma on screen. Um, really funny. I thought he delivered a lot of funny lines. I definitely think he's going to have a much bigger role in the future. And I think I can't wait to see more of him, learn more about his character, especially after that post-credit scene. Um, next up is Richard Madden. He probably had the most complex character and I thought he was fantastic. I think he did a really great job portraying that genuine love for the Eternals and for Cersei, but then that his loyalty to the mission and that he connected with the Eternals, but he never connected with humanity the same way Cersei did. And then a scene that stands out is after he kills Ajax, he's sitting over her body, just sobbing. It really hits him that hard because he doesn't want to kill her, but he feels like it's what he has to do. And that's the sign of a good villain or a good antagonist. And I thought uh, Richard Madden played him really fantastically. And that was just a great character, a really compelling character and a compelling performance. Salma Hayek, um, I wish she had a lot more to do in this movie. She didn't have much to do, but I thought she brought the right warmth and the right gravitas to this team. She really felt like the leader. She felt like she should be the leader. She felt like she really genuinely cared about each character, each eternal. She was a very motherly figure and she brought that warmth and she was fantastic. And then when she died, it was heartbreaking. Um, I really did care about that character. And since there's probably millions of Eternals out there helping to birth more Celestials. Um, I'm hoping that anyone who died can come back just as a new Eternal. And um, I think that's pretty awesome that we can see more of her in the future. She's not gone forever. And then Don Lee as Gilgamesh, he was more there because of his relationship with Dina um, to serve her character, but I thought he was fantastic. I thought he had a lot of good, good, funny lines. I thought he brought it in the fight scenes. I thought it was great. I think it's Barry Keoghan um, as uh, Druig was fantastic. I love the character of Druig, and I think he gave a great performance. His relationship with uh, with Lauren Ridloff as Makari was really great. Kumail Nanjiani as Kingo, 
was really good. I think he brought that humor. He brought that levity. But then also I really liked he could do some serious acting also when he said that he agreed with Icarus and he really did want to go on his scene, but he didn't want to fight any of his friends. He didn't want to fight any of his family. So uh, he chose not to fight. I thought that was fantastic. Leah McHugh was awesome as Sprite. That character wasn't a very likable character, but it was a very well done character. Um, I thought she did a really good job portraying the bitterness, the sarcasm, the resentment. And, um, and I say this a lot, but child actors are not always the strongest. And I think she really did, uh, did bring it in this movie. Lauren Ridloff as uh, Makari was fantastic. She, it's hard for me to judge sign language acting because it's not, it's not really, it's so much of acting is the voice. Um, and I can't really judge the sign language, <laughs> but I thought her facial expressions and what she did with the character was fantastic. Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos really impressed me. He was in Godzilla versus Kong and I was not very impressed with him in that movie. And um, I thought he was fantastic in this. I thought he did a really good job portraying the guilt and the heartbreak after seeing what the atomic bomb does and seeing what humanity does with the technology it gives them. But then his love for his family and his son and then um, how his that family really brings him back. I think he portrayed that fantastically. And then I have to mention Harish Patel again as, uh, as Kingo's valet. Fantastic, hilarious, delivered every single line perfectly, uh, brought a lot of laughs. He definitely, of all the characters, got the most laughs in the theater and deservedly, he was fantastic. Another thing, another great thing about this movie was not just the whole team as a team, it was the individual character relationships um, the interpersonal relationships were so well done, starting with Gilgamesh and Dina. I love how Gilgamesh really was, uh, really was kind of the protector of Dina, how he really cared for her, uh, especially when she's going through these like mental breaks, these visions where she's remembering all the times that they helped birth a celestial. Um, I thought he was fantastic. I thought that relationship was fantastic. And then how Dina went on to avenge him after he was killed and uh, you could really see the genuine affection those two had for each other. And I thought that relationship was fantastic. Icarus and Cersei, we didn't see much of that relationship. Um, but I liked how Icarus genuinely cared for Cersei when he couldn't bring himself to kill her at the end. I thought all that was well done. Um, Kingo and Icarus, I thought was fantastic. I like how it's established in the beginning that Icarus is his favorite. Icarus is the one he looks up to. And, um, and I like how Kingo... Uh, always followed Icarus and was on Icarus's side. I thought Sprite and Icarus was great. I like how uh, Sprite was bitter because she really did like Icarus, but he always liked uh, Cersei. So she's always been really bitter how she followed him. She was just kind of blinded by love and she just followed him blindly. Also because she didn't have that connection to humanity that a lot of the other characters did. Um, I thought Dane Whitman and Cersei was a much more believable and a, the, it's kind of the relationship you root for more than Icarus and Cersei. Um, I thought that was fantastic. You could tell they genuinely liked each other. They had a lot of chemistry and I'm excited to see more of them in the future. Makari and Druig, I think their relationship was, uh, I heard that it was improvised and I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked their relationship. I'm excited to see more of that in the future. I'm glad that neither of those characters died uh fastos his relationship with his family was fantastic you could tell it was genuinely loving and uh i thought that was really well done and then ajak and her relationship with everybody was fantastic ajak you could really tell that she genuinely cared about every single one of them and they were a family and she was the mother and um and then when she died 
you can see with everybody how her death really brings everyone together because she was the leader. She was the one that really united them. So I thought that was fantastic. I kind of already started it, but I, now I want to go deep into each character and their arc and their journey because I thought, especially with the writing, each character was given a lot of depth and was a really well-established, well-done character. They were all interesting characters and they're all characters that really can be explored more in the future. And I'm excited for that. I've seen some people saying that the characters weren't developed enough. I don't know what people were expecting. I don't know how that's possible. Like, look at this story. Look how dense it is. It's almost a three-hour movie. I think people have become so accustomed to the MCU series where they really dive deep into one character that they have unrealistic expectations or something because this movie and like the Suicide Squad did amazing at developing every single character in the team to a level that most team movies most movies with a giant team never can even come close. Most giant movies with a team establish and develop two characters and then the rest are just kind of supporting. But this movie really, really, really added depth to so many characters on, in a way that really impressed me. And I was surprised at how much I wound up loving and really attached to each one of these characters. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that. Um, starting with Cersei, I like how from the jump, from that very first line she says to Icarus, uh, when they're seeing Earth, it's beautiful, isn't it? Since the beginning, she instantly becomes really connected with humanity. And then when they split up, she goes off, she lives with them. She learns to love them. Her internal struggle when she learns the Eternal's real purpose, her decision to finally turn against Sarishem, and that her pain when she's betrayed by Icarus, all that I thought was super well done. And then uh, I thought she was a really fantastic character and a worthy lead. I thought Icarus was a really, really compelling antagonist. I love how this movie really explores all the different reactions in the group when they learn their true purpose. It, it wasn't like the group just broke in half and it was one half versus the other half. There was a lot of nuance in there with people who aligned with one side but didn't want to fight. And then really all the characters had different perspectives and different viewpoints. And I thought that was really well done. Um, I love how you could tell Icarus genuinely loves his fellow Eternals, but he never connected with humanity the same way Cersei did. He's still loyal to the Celestial, to Arishem. And uh, you can really see the pain in his eyes when he kills Ajax because he genuinely loved her. She was the mother and he was just doing what he thought was right to serve the mission. To him, this is their mission. This is what they have to do. And his family is betraying him. They're the ones who are quitting the mission that they've been doing for years. And, uh, and to him, they're the bad guys. And I think he was a really good villain for that reason. And I love how he can't bring himself, it's to the moment where he has to kill Cersei, but he can't bring himself to do it because he does really love her, he genuinely loves her, but he's so torn and he's so broken at the end that he loves his Eternals, but then he loves the mission and he wants to complete the mission that he kills himself. He, like Icarus, he flies into the sun, which was, which was a pretty fitting ending. And I think he was a really layered and complex villain and a really layered and complex character and one of the best in the whole movie. I thought he was super well-written He's not even a villain because you can make the argument that he's sort of right. By killing the Celestial, they killed, they prevented, the Eternals prevented millions of other planets like Earth from being created. So there is an argument to be made for his side. So I think there's a lot of nuance there. And I think he was a fantastic character. I love how Marvel is really diving into more complex villains. Um, and I think both this and Shang-Chi uh, with, uh, with both Icarus and, uh, and Mandarin and Shang-Chi bring have brought and us and us agent and falcon winter soldier have brought 
three of the most complex and well-done antagonists in the MCU. Um, and I thought it was just really well done. I love that. Um, Ajak was also awesome. I really love the warmth she brought. I like how she was the leader and the mother. Uh, she genuinely loved each Eternal and brought a much needed warmth to the movie. I love how she, like Cersei, observed and fell in love with humanity. And she realized that their mission for the Celestials was wrong. Um, and she decided not to do it. And then, of course, she gets uh, killed by Icarus. And then I like how the reason why she, why she chooses Cersei to be the next leader of the Eternals and to be the one who can communicate with, with, uh, with Arishem is because, is because Cersei, like her, is the one who connected with humanity the most. And I thought she was a great character. Her death was heartbreaking. And I thought she was uh, really well written as well. Each character really had their role to play in the story. And I thought each character had an important role, had something important to do. And that's really tough to do in a big ensemble movie like this. Uh, Fina was another standout. She was a fantastic character. I thought how the weight of all these memories from all the times the Eternals uh, destroyed planets to birth Celestials, how all those memories caused her to have visions and turn against the Eternals. And then her relationship with Gilgamesh, how he always had her back and took care of her. And then when he's killed her revenge on Crow, how, uh, how she goes to avenge him um, and uh, all of that. And then her going into the trance when she's fighting Crow and then eventually without him, remembering Gilgamesh, breaking herself out um, and killing Crow was fantastic. I thought she was a super compelling character with a really interesting story and a really flawed and nuanced character. And I think uh, that was fantastic. Thena was great. And then Gilgamesh was great. His relationship with Thena was great. I wish we got more of him. Uh, Crow was cool. I like how the Deviants were evolving and began to see that they were the same as the Eternals, both pawns for the Celestials. I thought Makari was also cool. She didn't get as much depth as a lot of the other characters, but she was one of those characters that was just really awesome. Um, and her powers were great. Her relationship with Druid was great. And uh, the way the fight, the fight scenes, the speed was shot was really awesome. So I thought she was great. Uh, Druig was a fantastic character. He was the very first one, the very kind of the most human one at first, because he's the first one who sees all these humans fighting and he wants to stop it. Even before Cersei, he's the one at first who's like, I could stop this easily. He wants to interfere, but, uh, but was stopped. And he winds up isolated in a town where he keeps everyone safe from any sort of fighting or danger. And um, I like how he initially is the first one and is the one to resist against the idea that they can't interfere. So I thought he was a really compelling character. And then next up, Kingo served more as comedy relief. But what I loved about him was his loyalty to Icarus. He was always really loyal and he always really loved Icarus. I love the complexity when Icarus betrays the team. Uh, Kingo sides with Icarus, but he refuses to fight. So he just leaves. He refuses to fight his fellow Eternals. I love that about him. I love that in the script they went with that nuance because it's so easy to make it like Kingo's going to go fight the Eternals with Icarus, but no, they decided to make him more human, to make him more realistic, to make all the characters different, to add more nuance. And he does agree with Icarus, but he doesn't want to fight his fellow Eternals. So he's just going to watch whatever happens. He's not going to fight. He refuses to fight. I thought he was a fantastic character as well. And uh, I thought his valet was also hilarious and awesome. And then Fastos as a character, I love so much. I love how he carries all this guilt after seeing what humans do with the technology he gifted them. I love how that breaks him and he loses all faith in humanity, 
which is understandable if you imagine yourself in his position. Like imagine you're supposed to help these humans develop and you give them this technology and instead of using it to improve their lives, they use it to bomb each other and kill each other. It's going to break somebody. And then I love how his family really brings him back and restores his faith. And they show him that people can be good and they really give him something to fight for, give him motivation. And I thought he was a really awesome character. Um, He was fantastic. I thought Sprite was an awesome character too. Um, She was probably the least likable character, but she was a really compelling character and a really well done character because imagine being stuck in the body of a little girl. She sees all her teammates live these lives and have families or have boyfriends and form relationships. And it's something she can never do. Plus the fact that she's in love with Icarus and Icarus is in love with someone else. She just harbors all this bitterness, all this resentment. Um, And we see that that's established in the beginning when we see her casting an illusion and flirting with someone. And then uh, the illusion goes away and it just shows a little girl because she can't grow up. She's stuck. She can't evolve. She can't grow. And um, her arc was fantastic. She feels it's understandable why she feels bitter and resentful. And then, of course, she's just she just loves Icarus. And then she goes with him and uh, and she never because of her size, because of her never being able to connect with someone because of all this resentment, she's never able to connect with humanity to the same level. So of course she's going to side with Icarus. Of course it makes sense. And uh, I thought she was a really well done character. And then I love how it was resolved, how Cersei made her human again. So now that she can grow up, she can live her life. She can do all the things she's wanted to do. So I thought she was a fantastic character as well. And then Dane Whitman was really charming. He was great. The post-credit scene was fantastic. I can't wait to see where he goes in the future. Um, how he becomes the Black Knight, how they explain that. Um, I'm excited for that. And then I also want to mention the Celestials. Chloe Zhao did an amazing job really showing their scope, their size, their power. They felt like this gigantic thing, this otherworldly thing, this huge threat. And, uh, and they felt like they felt major. They felt gigantic. And I thought that was communicated really well, the pure power of them. Um, every single character was different, had unique traits, not just in abilities, but in motivations and viewpoints and perspectives. Each one really was a different person with different ideas. Um, and what they did was logical. It made sense for the characters. I thought they were all really well done. I thought they were all really well written. I thought this movie balanced them all really well, giving everyone some time to shine. Uh, and like for a huge team up movie, for a huge ensemble movie, the depth of each character was really well done. Like the only other superhero movie that's done it this well is the Suicide Squad. And I thought just, it was really, really well done. And um, I thought each character had layers and depth and the ones who didn't were at least compelling characters without that. Um, Because not every character needs to be the most deep thing. Good characters can also be more surface level as long as they're compelling and they're still characters that work in the context of the movie. And like Makari didn't have much depth, but she was a compelling character and uh, she worked within the movie. And I think in the future, they'll probably give her more depth. Um, and then another thing is I just found myself really attached to these characters and I really, really cared about each one. And I just want to see more of these characters. And that makes a huge difference. That's the one thing holding back my review of Dune. That's the one thing about Dune is that I didn't feel attached to the characters. And that's the one thing preventing me from calling Dune a masterpiece. But in this movie, I loved all these characters um, and I thought it was just really well done. And I love this movie. And then I really liked the ending. I liked a few of the Eternals going off to find the rest of the Eternals in the Domo. I liked some staying back to live their lives. I like Irishem warning Cersei that he's going to be back for judgment. 
And then the post-credit scenes, uh, the first one, the first one was the one that I actually have a criticism of is that of all the things in this movie, the thing that breaks my verisimilitude, the things that's just one step too far is the troll. I know it's the most random thing, but I talked a ton in my Dune review about how important verisimilitude is. And the one thing that broke my verisimilitude of this movie was a troll coming out of a portal. And it just, it was cartoony and kind of ridiculous and it didn't work for me. And then Harry Styles walks out playing Thanos' brother. Um, I don't know. I trust Marvel casting. I'm curious about Harry Styles in this movie, or I guess if they do an Eternal sequel. I'm excited to learn more about Thanos' backstory, to learn about his brother, to learn about more Eternals. But um, but this, this post-credit scene gets me more curious than excited. I'm not really excited. I'm more really curious to see where they go with this and what they do with this and how Harry Styles fits in the MCU because he is such a big star outside of the MCU that I'm curious to see how that works. Um, and then the second post-credit scene, teasing Dane Whitman becoming the Black Knight and then hearing Mahershala Ali as Blade speaking through that sword was fantastic. I can't wait for Blade. I think it might possibly connect to Moon Knight too. I think there's a lot of stuff going on there and I, I really can't wait for it. I think it sounds awesome. I really don't have any criticisms of this movie besides the troll. Um, which is just a tiny, tiny little thing. But uh, I love this movie. I really, really loved it. I think it's my favorite Marvel movie. I It was fantastic. I, this is a 10 out of 10. If I could give it a 15 out of 10, I would. I loved it that much. Um, I think I'm in the minority. I don't think anybody really loved it as much as I did. But please let me know. Did you like this movie as much as I did? Do you think I'm wrong? Are there things you didn't like about it? Did you agree with the critics? Did you not like it? Um, it is some hardcore, deep sci-fi and if that's not your thing, I totally respect and understand that. I'm a giant sci-fi nerd, so I, I really did love this movie, and I love the characters, and I love the story. I loved the world building. I loved everything about this movie. Um, it was amazing. So I really loved it. Please let me know what you think. I might do what I did for Dune, which is that after rewatching it a second time, if I have more thoughts, maybe I'll record kind of an additional part two review where I add on to this. But uh, that might or might not happen because I do feel like I've kind of gotten all my thoughts out. But we'll see if that happens. Um, please let me know what you think of this movie. If you're on YouTube, you can leave a comment. If you're on any other platform, there's a link in the description where you can leave feedback in this form. There's also the email and the voicemail links in the description um, where you can leave any sort of feedback, your review of the movie, what you thought of it, what you agree and disagree with me on, all that stuff. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening and have a good day.